Chapter 10, Shades of Black. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And if you are new here, welcome to Never Judge a Brook by Its Cover. I'm your host, Brooke, and I am so happy that I am here with y'all. We have finally made it to the season finale, baby, okay? 10 episodes. If you have not listened to all 10 episodes, go get your life real quick. Like, stop what you're doing. This one's good too, but stop what you're doing and all the ones that you've missed, go back and get your life real quick, okay? Because this, let me tell you, I started this in January. It is now May and I feel awesome for actually completing my first season. I'm so grateful that you guys have held on. Y'all have begged for episodes. Like it just makes me feel so good. I've gotten like little testimonies. I've gotten like people, people quoting me what I've actually said. I'd be like, oh, I did not. I don't remember that. Remember what you said in chapter three, when you was talking about releasing people? Well, I deleted my friends. I'd be like, oh, well, girl, I don't even remember saying all that, but good for you, girl. So, and it feels good that it's not just my friends. Like, these are people from all over. So I'm so grateful, so humble, and I'm so excited to see what this podcast has. So I just want to say welcome. Share with a friend. Share with your mama. Share with your teammates. Press share before you close this out. And I'm watching you. So press share. All right. And you know, we couldn't end anything off yet. So after these 10, I'm taking a little break and I'm doing a mini series uh, with about three to five episodes for the summer. So just look, just be on the lookout, okay? Because Never Judge a Brook is not going anywhere. But I do need to take this break and this time before we start season two in our mini series. So we have now reached our selfie care segment of the show. And as you know, this is the portion where I tell you what I've done this week to take care of myself. And then I also advocate for you to go do the same, take care of yourself um, and participate in our selfie care, meaning take a picture, share it with us on Instagram at Never Judge a Brook Pod. Let us know in, in your emails at neverjudgeabrook at gmail.com. I mean, in so many opportunities, take care of yourself though, seriously, even if you don't want to take a picture, the world is getting crazy right now and mental health definitely matters. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Take care of your mental health by taking care of you. I don't know if that looks like a therapist. I don't know what that looks like for you, but take care of yourself. So I do want to say for this week's selfie care, I took a week off from the podcast to just promote this podcast itself. And this week's selfie care, I literally have practiced by staying in my mama house. How many of y'all know that that's one of the best selfie care practices that you can ever do? Me and my mom have been ripping and running, chasing each other up and down the road. She's been to Maryland and stayed with me for like two weeks. I've been to Raleigh. I'm staying with her. We've been back and forth, back and forth. But I just want to say I love my mom and I have really been needing her. Graduate school has been kicking my ass. So having someone there just to hug me when I'm getting tired, when I'm stanky, when I'm funky, it has been one of the best feelings. And so I'm just so appreciative of her during this season right now, which is school with life, with adulting, with everything. So that has been my selfie care. I ain't really done much. You know, I might have light a candle here and there, might have took a little bubble bath, but being up under my mama, I promise you, that's the best thing I done done for myself recently. Um, so please, please, please share with me what you guys are doing for selfie care. 
we have now entered into real life politics. This is episode 10. So sing it with me, y'all. Y'all know the jingle. Real life politics, real life politics. I'm so happy about (laughs) episode 10. Like the real life politics segment right now is trash because I'm about to talk junk about Americans and this gas. But I do want to say, I don't know. It felt something felt some type of good singing a little jingle. So I hope y'all sing along. All right. So for this week's real life politics segment, we are having to talk about this gas shortage and these selfish ass Americans. So if you don't know by now, or if your gas is not on E, then there has been a gas shortage in the Southeast region. Um, So I am currently in North Carolina instead of Maryland right now. So this is affecting me and my friends and my people because people heard about the colonial pipeline hack being hacked and that gas line runs all the way through. I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, so and many more states. But just know that instead of people, you know, being stingy with their own personal gas, they decided to line up like it's toilet paper in 2020 and take all the gas from people. Like there's literally so many gas stations in my surrounding areas with bags. People are having to wait for 25 minutes to 30 minutes up to an hour just for gas in their car. And literally all they started off with originally the news stated was that gas prices will rise due to the shortage. They didn't took all the gas, so now there is no gas. Does that make any sense? And I mean, people are coming with tanks. They're coming with that little red thing. Like, you filling up. This is like Walmart. Take one with the toilet paper, please. Just take one. No, they want to get two gas cartons. They want to get their whole truck filled. They want to get the whole family in. And now people who are working citizens are not able to get gas because so many people are stingy with their own personal gas. So this real life politics segment, I am cussing out anybody and judging you on this non-judgmental podcast. If you went out there and took more than your one car worth of gas, if you did that, I'm definitely judging you. And I'm, I'm thinking about this because that's ridiculous. I mean, And of course, I'm upset because up north, I can go on the metro. I can do whatever I want. Granted, I don't have a car down here, but hello, this affects my rides. (laughs) So it's really annoying. Okay, so you have now reached chapter 10, Shades of Black. I stole this title from one of my undergrad classes where we learned about colorism. And I talk about that briefly in my interview. I decided to sit down with four of my friends, also my teammates, Um, for this podcast to just discuss colorism as black women. And even if you are not black, if you're Latino, if you're white and you're listening, you can all gather information about at least half of what black women have to deal with in the black community, um, just based off the color of their skin. And not only that, you can learn new things. So definitely stay tuned. If if you're a male and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to change. No, this is for you too, because we definitely talk about you. I do want to state that we are no experts. We are only speaking from our personal experiences as black women. So that's all that we can give. So is there something that we need to be politically correct on? Or if there is anything, give me an email. The email is right there in your screen and let us know because we like to unlearn, learn behaviors. Um, but we talk from a place of truth, a place of power, 
and a place of knowledge. So I just want to say that I'm grateful for my friends for joining me on this last podcast. This is a season finale. We came bare and we came open and we talked about colorism in the media, colorism as black women, colorism from a black male perspective or what we can see as a black male because we're not black men. Um, So please, 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 this is the time to get your wine. Like I always say, get your coffee. Um, But this is the time to also take notes, relax, uh, build and understand the, the, the information that we are giving you and the place from these young black women because they're my friends, but they're also my family. And so I was so grateful to share this this platform with them and to give them a place to speak from their truth. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you know, we was on Zoom. So if there's some audio stuff going on, it's because it's Zoom, not me. Enjoy. And I am so excited today to have my friends, my team, minus one, my girls. We're finally done somewhat done and I'm just so grateful for them to be able to do this I've been wanting to do this episode for a long time so yeah I'm just happy so everybody say hey say what's up hey hey y'all hey y'all all right and I'm here with my friend Blue Heavenly and Christina so if you guys could just introduce yourself for you know the podcast and you know talk about what you're doing right now or whatever oh hey everyone my name is Kiara Blue but I go by Blue I am about to graduate from my master's of social work program at NC State um I live in North Carolina and yeah that's pretty much about it you can find me on kia.blue on Instagram yeah period girl you better boost your instagram hi everyone i'm christina mason most of my friends call me chrissy um i'm a law student in georgia um and today was my first day at work so excuse me if i started a bit tired but yeah hey (laughs) y'all Hey y'all, my name is Heavenly York. Um, I am finishing up my master's in strategic communication at American University. I live in Maryland and yeah, that's me. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so this episode is called Shades of Black and the way I got the name is because I had a class in my undergrad called Shades of Black and I just learned so much about colorism, about me being a light-skinned woman, about my professor being a dark-skinned woman who taught it. And I just enjoyed the class. And so I felt like colorism is just a big part, plays a big part in the Black community. And so I brought this to them, this concept to them a long time ago. Um, and I knew that I wanted to, you know, just have this conversation with my girls because we're able to discuss a lot of things um, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to situationships, friendships, all that. So I was just like, let's just talk, you know, freely as us. So my first question to you guys is just, can you define colorism or how would you define colorism in your own words? I would say colorism is like a bias or a discrimination amongst like a certain race, racial group or ethnic group um, based on like skin. So I looked it up 
you know, real quick. <laughs> and so Google defines it as a prejudice or discrimination against individual with darker skin tones, typically amongst people of the same ethnicity or race, racial group. Um, and so I think ev- what Heavenly said was great too, because it's a bias, but also it's within our own community. And so just being able to to be targeted within our own community just means a lot. How, speaking of our community, how are you defined in your community? So for example, people would consider me a light-skinned Black woman when I'm, when they're asked. I consider myself brown-skinned. Well, I know for me, I've always been considered a dark-skinned woman um, or a dark-skinned girl, uh, even as a child. So I was darker than um, most of the people in my friend group. It'll be like every once in a while, one girl was darker than me or um, or even my family, like I'm the darkest child. So typically I was compared to whoever I was around and I'm usually, I mean, I'm a dark skinned girl, so. Um, people normally describe me as light skin. I personally don't think I'm light skin. I think I'm like towards, you know, brown, but. I've always been defined as light skin. Um, so up until I got to like college, I always thought of myself and people around me, I've always been like brown skin. But when I got to college, it was like, actually you're dark skin. I was like, oh, okay. But I never had like a problem with that, I guess. So I first, I want to talk about like when we experienced colorism or when you knew it was a thing, like, So in my household, my mom, um, she basically, I guess I've always known it was a thing just due to the fact that me and my brother are lighter than everybody on my mother's side of the family. And so I guess my mother was looked down upon because they were dark skinned. And so she, like, she used to always say, I wish I had black babies or I wish I had, you know, like, so she just kind of made me feel inadequate in my own skin but I mean not on purpose but just like she just would make this big deal about dark-skinned people and how they were so beautiful and everything like that so I noticed colorism far on because of just the fact that you know I was lighter skinned but then when I went to school my mom was talking about how beautiful dark-skinned women were and how beautiful like you know we me and my brother we grew up and we embraced it but then when I would go to school people be teasing them and I'd be like wait a minute that's not what was taught at my house so mine was actually flipped from yours um so like how you experience in your house so in my household um my skin complexion was cherished but in school like you said darker skin girls would get made fun of so I always knew that there was a differentiation um, but I wasn't able to put a name to it until later on. And so got called every dark skin related name in the book, um, got made fun of or whatever else. But then I would go, it was like um, two different narratives that I was getting taught, basically. So for my peers, I'm getting taught that my skin isn't beautiful. Um, and then from my family, like my aunts were geeks about my skin complexion like you're so beautiful your skin is this your skin is that and so I will be torn between the two like I knew I was beautiful but I mean when you have peers and everything and peer pressure and everything else you start to question that um for me I think in my household I don't think skin color was as 
embraced as other things. I think, you know, we were just told like we were beautiful. Most of my siblings are of lighter complexion. I do have a brown skin sister, dark skin sister. Um, and I, I personally, I've never experienced colorism, I don't think, but I have, I think it's like what Blue said, like, it's always been a thing, but just learning later, I guess, what it's actually called. So I personally haven't experienced colorism, but I do know my sister, uh, we both went to the same elementary school and it was predominantly white. And they would call her, her classmates would call her like little dark girl or little brown girl or black girl. Mm-hmm. And um, it really took a toll on her. Like even till today, like she still has issues regarding her skin color. So I'm kind of like the same with like blue and heavenly. So like growing up, my parents were all actually, I am lying with it. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking clear. Okay, so Growing up, I went to like predominantly white schools for like half my life, and black schools for the latter half. Um, and at the white schools, it was like, oh my God, you're so black. And it wasn't like how it was like for my older sister who is a bit darker than me. And she used to get bullied. But for me, it was more so other things, but it was still like an emphasis on my skin color. And then when I switched to black schools, it was like an immediate difference. Everyone from the principals, the teachers, the students, everybody were like, oh, you have some beautiful skin. And it was just like a complete different. And then also like within my own family, I always noticed how my family was set up um, with colorism. Like from my parents to my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, um, even my brothers right now, they're all like, all of the women are lighter than the men. So I noticed that early on, but I didn't necessarily know a name for it, like they were saying. So yeah, that was probably my first experience with it as well. Can I add on to- Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, um, when you said, when did we notice it? Another thing I noticed, it was, I feel like it was really heavy during middle school, like the whole, light skin dark skin team light skin team light uh dark skin I think that was like a whole thing in middle school like especially on like Facebook and stuff and like just like people's preferences and it was like light skin girls were always especially like really really light skin girls were always like glorified over dark skin or brown skin girls Mm -hmm. um typically light skin girls with like green eyes curly hair stuff like that I was I was gonna say okay so I need I want to be like politically correct here but like what Heavenly was describing like the light skinned girls with the green eyes and stuff um I was taught that they were called mulatto but then I recently was told that that was uh discriminatory so I don't know what they're considered but I never considered them as light skinned because I always thought that in the black community I was considered light skinned from others so when they started saying that they were light-skinned too. They are definitely, even now to this day and age there, I feel like they're put on a pedestal or like, you know, more preferable when it comes to like media and things like that. And so I don't, I don't, I just don't get that. But um, yeah, like middle school was definitely a thing. And I also want to bring up in high school, I feel like 
I was given like a lot of opportunities and I don't know if it, if it had something to do with my skin complexion, but I also went to a white high school. And so when you would look at like the SGA or like um, people that were in leadership positions or even cheerleaders, you would see more so of a lighter hue of women instead of dark skinned women. And it just like, it never really you know, struck me for anything, but that goes into my next point of having like light skin privilege. And some light skin people think they have privilege and other light skin people don't, but I consider it to be a privilege and like a disadvantage because it's just like, you're getting chosen due to your skin complexion, which is really bullshit if you ask them to it. Do you guys think that lighter skin, women, men, whatever, have more so of a privilege over darker skin or the brown skin community I think it depends on your environment or your set like wherever you are so if you're in a predominantly white space then yes I I do believe that there is light skin privilege and I don't want to like be confusing because there is definitely light skin privilege amongst the black community but I think it's more of a thing when you're amongst a set of white people um I definitely think if two people came into an interview one was light skin and one was dark skin the lighter person would probably have a better chance and I think that just stems from you know historical experiences or moments whatever you want to call it um I do think there's been progression you know for today's times I definitely think it's a thing. And I think not only is it a thing now, I think it's always been, at least for since Black people have been brought to America, because I'm sure many people have heard of like, when you have the house in words, because I'm sure I can't say that on here, and you have the field in words, then that was based on skin tone. And also to step back a bit to what you were saying with um, the term mulatto, I was raised, well, taught to believe that it was a difference between mulattoes and light skins because mulattoes are mixed race, which would be Mm -hmm. the people in the house during slavery times. So it's always been like, since colorism was started and created to separate black people, it's been implemented and it's just continued. And it's in so many instances. Colorism is definitely embedded in slavery. Like... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It stems from racism. I think a lot of issues stem from racism. It was set to, you know, break up the black community. And that's sometimes that's what it does. Like, you think you better than me because you light skin or you're this or you're that. There's a lot of things that are like put in place to break up the black community. The whole purpose of it is to divide the community so that they're not strong enough to come together as a whole. Right. Okay, so what are some stereotypes that we have heard as Black women? We're either light-skinned stereotypes, dark-skinned stereotypes. Just what are some that you've heard? I'm going to start by saying the angry Black woman, but I feel like that's placed on every Black woman. But I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But then, you know, dark-skinned women are, are tried to be portrayed as mean or negative or, you know, they don't have a soft spot. They don't have a heart. And light-skinned women are bougie. They stuck up. They don't care. Like, you know, it's just a whole bunch of, the list can go on and on. But what are some stereotypes that you've either heard or experienced? I would agree with both of what you said. So, like, darker-skinned women 
come off as mean, um, as the angry woman most of the times in like TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lighter skinned women either come off as bougie or desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, the darker skinned woman is like downplaying whoever, whatever man figures in the, in the movie. And a lighter skinned woman is like updating, uplifting them. I agree. I think like in the media, I feel like it's unconsciously done. Like even now, black women are starting to be on the forefront when it comes to like, like, um, for example, like scandal or how to get with murder or shows that are just, you know, black women are shown as, you know, the head of the television, but then it's, it's still trifling because the black like even uh with how to get away with murder viola davis and of course i love the show but it's like she's shown as when she's winning a case or whatever she got her straight hair honey it's flipping you know she didn't got the heels on but when she going through honey she started taking them braids out and now she has this natural hair and now they're showing depictions of black women with natural hair as going through or struggling or whatever. And I just feel like it's just negative images that we are putting out to society. And she's a dark skinned woman. So it, it makes it even, you know, worse that they're putting out that she is acting like this. You get what I'm saying? So the media I sucks. Definitely agree with that because I remember when I started how to get away with murder and she started taking off her wig and stuff. First of all, why did y'all do her like that? Because <laughs> y'all don't get away. Everybody did not look like that. <laughs> I feel like they try to associate like you said associate her with like this negative image it's just the fact that a black woman is making this role like that's what i'm saying is this unconsciously done some stuff that they are doing it's like it's unconscious is it unconsciously done or are they doing it consciously because they know that that would get more viewership i think it's also prevalent in like the tyler perry shows Mm-hmm. like I think he just a con- he's like a constant reminder like don't get me wrong I love Tyler Perry I just I really do believe like his shows and movies and plays are just like a constant reminder of like sh- struggle in the black community and that can be on any type of structure whether it's like with colorism or in the economy I was just about to say um even with like the wife like uh, how they, they depict like lighter skinned women as wife material and then darker skinned women as um, either a baby mama or um, begging for something or. <laughs> I agree, but, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I agree, but I also think with Tyler Perry, some of his movies are not necessarily like that because personally, I love Tyler Perry. I just think it's funny. But <laughs> like one of his movies, is kind of like he has a black woman who had to go through a struggle and she was raped and she became a prostitute and then eventually she met a childhood friend who was supposed to be engaged to a lighter woman who was doing some mean and evil things so in that movie in particular he actually did a good job at switching the roles and allowing it to be the opposite way instead of the lighter woman being portrayed as a good woman it was it ended up being a dark woman but it still also had to handle she had to go through that struggle same i mean just like with the only black princess i mean we're gonna get off of media but with um, tiana tiana first off she didn't have to marry a damn frog and now i love that movie don't get me wrong 
and her ass had to mop and sweep and clean every day because I'm mom. Like she had and to be a frog the whole movie and be a frog the whole movie. And do you know Oprah was a part of that? Being able to see this black princess finally we get a black princess but now her ass got to work while the other princesses they get to sleep they get to damn eat they lose a damn shoe she didn't been to the bayou and back and it's just ridiculous i was listening to something recently and it said that it was from two dark-skinned women they were talking about colorism and they said a lot of their hatred for themselves i guess or stemmed from black boys teasing them they ended up hating darker skin boys ended up hating themselves and then tried to tease darker skinned women how do you think black men are going through colorism if i mean if we can give a little bit of perspective the first thing i thought about when you said about the men was atl when he was like anybody told you light skins ain't in style no more and that's because like even back then it was like early 2000s that was a thing i was mentioning earlier like the men in my family are darker and the women are lighter so for me it's always just been like, okay, dark-skinned men. And then, like, I feel like everything we said to this point also applies to men. Like, with the middle school thing, when it was, like, the light skin and the guys was doing the faces and all that good stuff. But I do also think, like Heavenly said, now it's, like, this big trend. Like, ooh, I want a dark-skinned man with white teeth. And it's just, like, I hear you, but... They always been there. You in the way, cause this is not new. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Like, go on. So, yeah. okay, cause talk to me. While we on the topic of our beautiful black men, is complexion the complexion of your partner a preference when dating, or is this an act of like prejudice? Like, OMG! Ooh. I just feel like it's a line. Okay, because I feel like to an extent, it's a preference. But then I feel like a lot of people cross a line and don't realize it. And then it becomes like prejudice. And it's like, it's one thing to like what you like. Another thing to like what you like and disregard like maliciously other people. At a certain point, you're crossing the line over. But I do think it could be a preference because I personally have a preference. What's your preference? I prefer me a nice dark chocolatey man. And that's just my <laughs> preference. But if anybody know me, they know I like chocolate everything. So that's nothing new. I think I agree with you, Christina. You can have a preference, but that don't mean degrade every other woman. Cause I don't do that. Um, but when it comes to me and my preference, I don't really think I have a preference. Like if an Asian man would come to me right now and be like, you know, what's up girl. I'd be like, Hey, how you doing? As long as you tall, but I do love me a dark skin man. (laughs) I love me a dark skin man. And you might be true to it, but I'm true to it too because I've been loving them. Like, I don't mind a light skin man. My brother's a light skin man. You know, my dad, he a little brown, but but it's just something about a black chocolate. I would agree with both of y'all. I think it's, uh, like Chrissy said, it's a thin line. I've joked around telling my mama, like, she's had dream, she had a dream about somebody, her playing with her grandchild on the beach or something like that. I said, if the baby ain't chocolate, it ain't mine. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> but jokingly, and I've had experiences when, uh, where guys have literally told me, oh, no, I would never date a Darcy woman. She's not submissive or something like that. Or yeah. I would na- never date a Black woman again because they're not this so or they're not that. And I would just be like, you sound like an idiot because your mom is Black. And your mom's dark skin. So 
So right. like, would it be me? Right. Um, so I think it is a thin line between preference, pre- preference and prejudice. I agree. I don't talk to, I remember even as a kid, now this has always happened. I don't talk to guys who would tell me that they only date light-skinned women. Because to me, that means you only came over here because of my complexion and not because of me. Yes, and she and is all, everything, okay? So, uh, no. And I still don't. Like, if a guy would tell me right now, yeah, like, you light-skinned, you this, and I would delete his number. Because at this point, what are we talking for? But my mom, she does make little comments because most of the people that I either dated or talked to have been, you know, light. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> no, I'm girl. Kidding. No, Ain't kidding. nothing wrong with you, girl. <laughs> I, I've, I've talked to like darker complexions, but I've never really talked to like someone who's like dark skin. Like, I don't think it was um, like, I'm not not open to it. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. Like, I don't care about skin color, but um, I guess I've just never been approached by a darker skin man. Okay, so is it prejudice to date someone with a, a lighter skin tone just by like having the intent of having a lighter child? So have y'all ever heard that or like experienced that? I have, but not with light skin. I think it was more so mixed. Like I feel like people would have like an infatuation with mixed babies. So people would, you know, date a person from from another race or a person of a mixed race to get a mixed baby with like nice good hair curly hair as I'm getting older people are saying like oh I want a beautiful chocolate baby but definitely a few years prior I I think people liked either mixed babies or like skin babies that's true yeah um I was gonna say like the same thing and like my sister when I mentioned earlier that she was darker skin she also um I have a nephew right now. My sister only dates like white or really light men. And she always like obsesses over his hair. And I keep telling her that that is placenta perm, but she is so stuck on the fact that it is not. <laughs> and I hope my nephew hair gets really nappy because he's the most precious little chocolate chocolate He is. But she was so pressed for him to be light. And I'm like, cut it out. That is just not a thing. But for her, she's like, whatever because for her she was bullied growing up so she's just like i want my kids to be like but my nephew's still chocolate so first of all chrissy it's the placenta perm for me (laughs) (laughs) because that's what that was (laughs) it's people trying to control genetics for me because you can't do that not to answer your original question yes i think it's wrong like I don't know. My mom used to say she wanted me to have chocolate babies. And maybe that's probably why I'm, I like dark-skinned men, which this is all going back to what I'm talking about. <laughs> all the bad stuff. But she would just be like, bring home some chocolate baby, because she couldn't do She didn't do it. And her family looked, her darker-skinned family looked down on her because we light. And so, like, I remember my grandpa telling her, like, oh, that baby, because I would cry when I was in his arm, and he would be like, well, that baby don't want no, uh, she don't like no dark-skinned man, da, da, da. and like would talk so much junk about me because I'm crying as a child. So my mom felt some type of way. So when I grew up, she was like, bring home some black chocolate babies. I just want me some grandbabies who chocolate. And I'd be like, girl, little do you know, I ain't bringing home no baby. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so colorism in music. Do you think that it has not only you know played a part in music but has it advanced 
an artist? The first two things that came to my mind was Mulatto. That's just like, okay, that's her name and that's what she uses and that's what she goes by. Light skin Keisha. Granted, I love these people that I'm saying, but still got to call them out. Uh, light skin Keisha. Um, recently, all that drama with Danny Lay and the baby's baby mama. That's what she get because she tried to be, you know, that's what happened. God don't like ugly. That's what she get. And I'm trying to think of someone else. Even my faves, Beyonce and Kelly and Michelle. Okay. I think everybody noticed. Great cup. Mm-hmm. Well, bias in there. <laughs> but um, yeah, those were the ones I thought off the top of my head. It definitely, you know, advances them because like I thought of them too. And I thought of the baby situation. And I thought of like even even songs where they say light skin all the time. Like Pop Smoke song, light skin. Uh, and uh, like all the little songs where, or Red Bone, Lil Wayne used to sing about Red Bones. And, and it's just like, we're all singing these songs, but what are we doing to the black women in the black community? Like, you know what I'm saying? Are we saying that light-skinned women got better, whatever? Are we saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, we you rapping about this, but you're not understanding what you're doing, not only to dark-skinned women, but dark-skinned babies. We don't got a lot of songs of singing about, you know, them putting in place of a dark-skinned woman. It's always red bone, high yellow, skin color. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. And especially when we were younger. Okay. Get into it. Okay. (laughs) I don't, uh, I couldn't think of one for music besides what Chrissy said. But um, as far as like the entertainment industry period, um, I was thinking of Michael B. Jordan and how people were saying that he only liked white women. And so when he started dating Lori Harvey, who is a light-skinned woman, mm-hmm. they thought like she was kind of like the token girl. And he dated her just to prove that he liked black women. And she just so happened to be light-skinned. I think back to the um the music topic, like advancing and everything. Um like, I think a lot of the darkest skin women in music are overlooked. Um, so you have T- Tink, you have Drizzy, um, you have Ari Lennox. It's a shame that Jasmine Sullivan has given all these hits and she's just now getting, you know, the recognition that she deserves. Um, and then, like, the biggest thing Chrissy said was Beyonce and Kelly, which is one I talk about all the time because vocally, both can sing. Um, but because... Beyonce was lighter is always you know advanced even if we want to talk about movies Beyonce's been in uh dream girls like they pushed Jennifer Hudson in the back um in the movie and put Beyonce in the front because of the image or whatever make how does black women or you know artists putting themselves out there how does that make you feel as a woman in general when it comes to colorism or um just being a woman I think for me, it just means that more work has to be done on my part. And so, like you said, I would like to see all women on top. Um, I've never been the type to talk down on a woman because of her complexion or because of what she looks like. Um, If anything, I think character should be addressed. Um, But outside of that, you can't, you don't know nobody from a can of paint um, to be sitting there talking about them or what they go through. Um, so I feel like as a black woman, 
it's my duty to uplift other Black women and just women in general. Um, and so whether you're doing hair, whether you're doing nails, whether you're singing, whether you're rapping, whatever it is, I'm going to give you that extra push if I can. I agree. I think we um, we just need to practice being selfless. Um, and I, I, I definitely strive to do that. Like even on Instagram, I see people all the time that I don't know, but I swipe up on their story and, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't respond back, but you know, it's okay. You know, I'm just practicing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to be a great person and compliment all these beautiful women. Okay. So lastly, what are we pursuing for our careers? And do you feel as if colorism will be play a issue or a role within your career that you're focusing on and things like that? Okay. I'll go first. Um, so I'm in law school pursuing a legal career. Um, I definitely think it plays a role because only 2% of lawyers are black women. So in that stereotype, what I've been learning like recently, they're all like, well, not they're all, let me be correct. A lot of them have like this look and they're usually light with like straight hair, like they've assimilated to a certain point. And that's just not how I look, to be honest. I'm brown, I got dress on my back and I'm just regular. And you know, it's like a stereotype that you notice as you like, progress forward in in different areas and even to the extent of when you see like for example the vice president of the United States everybody's hooping about it being a black woman but if we're being honest people are overlooking the fact that one she's like two she's um South Asian South Asian there we go and people are overlooking the fact that they did that for political strategy not because she was a black woman Mm-hmm. necessarily but more so because she's south asian and she's connected to one of the biggest continents on the world so you know like and i just think like it's just like stereotype because even if say for instance michelle obama would have ran and she would have ran against kamala i think there would have been an issue there you get what i'm saying so i think at least in my profession it's definitely a thing and I don't see it changing anytime soon, personally. Because it's just like, at this point, again, it's systemic. Yep. Yeah, so. I agree. With careers, I am, you know, going to school for communications, and I want to be on the forefront, and I want to be uh, in the media. Like, I want to be a political commentator. And so I think that my skin complexion would play a role in that because, a lot of people that you see in the media is are light skin. And so I noticed that privilege head on. But then again, I noticed a lot of things that are also deterring me from that stereotype, which is my hair is natural. I continue to wear it natural. Um, my body shape is not as small. I think like some of my mentors that I look up to or women that are in the media, they have very small chests, very small built about them. They work out every day. And so I think like, Oh, and this is getting personal, but I think I kind of have been like pushing myself a little bit more, not to mold myself to the stereotype, but just to be accepted. And so when that comes to that acceptance, it's like, I don't want to change who I am, but I also want to be on the TV. And I remember my mom used to say things, and this was before everybody was politically correct, but she used to tell me, she used to say, straighten your hair 
Now, this is some trifling stuff now, but this is what she used to tell me. Straighten your hair for the interview, but when you get in, wear your fro. And I remember being a little girl and I was like, I'm not doing that. And so that was my senior project that has followed me my whole life. Like me talking about work discrimination with black women and their hair, because I remember having to straighten my hair for an interview or we getting it blown out, pressed out, blown in the wind. And then I wear my curls and they'd be like, oh, wow. Well, you did something different to your hair. Yeah, I did. This is how I wear it. And now I don't straighten my hair for shit. You know what I'm saying? Unless I want to straighten it. Um, I am going to school for strategic communications and I want to be, I want to work in the entertainment industry, um, either communications or um, public relations. I don't think my skin color will play a role in the fact that I want to be, you know, a communications professional. Um, Just because I do think the industry is becoming a little more diverse. Um, I do think it will be challenging as a woman, but I don't think it'll be challenging as far as skin complexion. Um, I think for me, I don't think that um, colorism will play a big role. As I said, I'm a master of social work student, so I'm going into social work. Um, I think just me being a woman will play a role uh, because it's usually, um, because it's a What are some things that we can do to end colorism? First of all, I don't don't think it should be a thing anymore. I think we should just, because I feel like it's breaking apart our community. And if you disagree, definitely, you know, chime in and tell me. But I do think it's like, it's just a wall. (laughs) Light skin, dark skin, you know what I'm saying? Straight hair, curly hair, nappy. Like it's so many different things. And I'm just sick of it. So what does this future look like without the black community being in the center of colorism? What, like, what is, what is the changing factors? How do we end this? Um, it's a big question. Okay. I think blue touched on this earlier and previously, like I worked at a summer camp, so I'm really big on that too. It starts with the kids, the little kids, because we already too far gone. We like what we like at this point for whatever reason it may be. But it starts with the kids, especially the little black girls, because the women influence men. That's just how this been. But you see a little black girl, tell them they're pretty. Tell them you like the hair and not because you're being fake, but because you mean it, because they are. And the same with the children. Like, it starts with the kids. I believe the children are our future. Oh my gosh. I would agree with Chrissy. Um, I will also say it starts with self-love. I think that is the center to loving anything and everything, walking. If you're not right with yourself or you don't love yourself 100%, you can't love others and it won't come from a genuine place. So I think once you begin to love yourself, whether you're light skin, dark skin, brown skin, yellow skin, risk, okay. <laughs> nah, once you start loving yourself for real, like falling deep in love, like with yourself, you can love others. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with both of them. Um, definitely, like Chrissy said, starting with the younger generation, like, you know, make sure you share that love that you're learning from yourself. Um, with the babies and then definitely like Brooke said like it's a wall that 
has been built over generations. And so to combat that wall, to break that wall down, we literally have to take it brick by brick apart um, and counter those stereotypes and counter those actions. Um, and even, you know, holding each other accountable. So like if you do stuff subconsciously and say things subconsciously, in this circle, we can hold each other. I agree with all of y'all. I feel like these were great answers. Just being able, I think the future, it definitely starts with kids, but we're never too old to unlearn. So it's like certain things and aspects that we have already put in ourselves and put in our head about dark skin, uh, light skin, we can unlearn those aspects. All right, y'all. I definitely want to thank you guys for coming on to the season finale. It means so much to me. Like you guys mean so much to me because not only are y'all a part of this episode, but y'all are the team. So uh, <laughs> thanks so much for, you know, doing it 10 episodes down. And, you know, thanks guys. Thank you for having us. <laughs> thanks for this opportunity to talk and chitty chat. Yes, tea time with the girls. Tea time with all the girls, period. Okay. All right. So before we head out, I do want to say quickly, because I know y'all have stayed a long time, that this week's woman's own business is Roots of Gaia. What is Roots of Gaia? Quite simply, Gaia is life. She is all and the very soul of the earth. The purpose is to provide natural, high-quality skin and body care this brand is made to give individuals the confidence about their skin, but also go deeper within. The visuals of this brand is to help others discover and understand their beauty is natural by empowering and uplifting them through our messages and products. Definitely go get you some body care from Roots of Gaia. I will be having their Instagram below. All right, I'm about to head out, but this isn't the end, y'all. This is not the end. So I just want to say I'm so grateful for this platform. Thank you for rocking out with me. Definitely listen, re-listen, share. I always say this. I always say leave a review if you enjoyed it. I ain't been getting a lot of reviews lately. So some of y'all, y'all might not be enjoying it like y'all say y'all are. But definitely leave a review, leave a rating. Follow us on Instagram. Continue to take care of yourself. And remember... Never, I mean never, judge anyone because you don't know their story. All right, y'all, I'm out until this summer. Bye.